0: Welcome to the About Life with Joe podcast. I'm Joe, and your life is about to get better. Please subscribe and enjoy. Today with Shelby, we talk about getting clear on what you want. I hope you enjoy.
1: How are you in your new house? Yes. Oh my goodness. It's not a lot of. There's a lot of stuff that needs to be done, but it's very exciting. How do you, How does it feel started. to be a homeowner? I think you know we had to make the HOA payment um, the other day, which was a big one, and then I think that's going to be the biggest change. It's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah,
0: it is. But um, what did you do? Did you do like a thirty-year?
1: Mm -hmm. so we originally got pre-approved and they gave us some terrible rates so there was like a lender that my friend worked with that referred us and um it's like a 30-year rate um but our mortgage is actually less than our HOA dues (laughs) so We got, you know, a good deal. We put a good amount down. So it's not like a concern. It would be, honestly, it's probably less what rent would be in the city just to pay a mortgage. And this place is like 1,300 square feet. Wow. So, and it's like a very old building with like all the old, um, like you can see like that door right there is like, it, it all looks like that. It's like very, I don't even know the right word, but it's exactly what I was looking for.
0: That is, it's so beautiful. That's so beautiful, and it's so nice to own a piece of property and to invest in yourself that way. You know, I know. I'm all about the. property.
1: Well, we first looked at a, a condo in the city that I did not. I loved the actual condo itself, but I hated the building, and I did not like the area. And our family friends were like, you know, that's a good deal. Like you're gonna miss out if you don't put an offer in. So we're like, okay, should we put an offer in? We, we put the offer in, but the realtor didn't submit it for a, a week and it was already under contract, which was like such a blessing in disguise. Such because, a blessing. Cause me nor my boyfriend wanted to live there. And then we like, we're like, we're not working with this real estate agent anymore. Found a family friend, started working with her. She literally asked us exactly what we wanted. That Sunday, which was like three days later, we had t- like 20 showings. And this was the sixth one. We walked in. We said, don't show us the rest. and so to offer us. It was honestly really cool.
0: I love that. I love that experience. And I, I think it's so interesting that when something doesn't happen the way we want it to happen, or we try to force it, and it doesn't happen, that's always protecting us. Right. Always. It doesn't feel like it in the moment because there could be like some pang of disappointment or I missed out. But like now I see that everything that doesn't happen, um, cause I have forced things to happen in the past and they've all been mistakes. Right. Every time I force, every single time I forced something to happen, like I forced in my last business, I, I was so adamant about getting like getting a technology partner getting like getting it done getting it done getting it done and i didn't do all of the due diligence that i normally do in every other aspect of my life and i really got burnt like i knew like i knew in my gut that it wasn't the right thing but i was like you know what i'm gonna make it work i'm gonna make it work and it ended up completely screwing me in the end because I forced it. So there's something to be, like, just mindful of when you're, tr- like, almost, you, know, you can't try too hard, like, in anything in life. Like, right. give your best, this- but don't over try.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the nice thing about this place is, like, it all came together just, and it was, like, a 30-day closing, too. It was, like, so fast. It was, like, we were in and out. And I remember we were on that call, and you said, like, next time we talk, like, daydream and all these things will happen and now I have like a new job I'm living in this place I officially graduated college like there's all these good things that have all happened and like the best part about this is like I've been from you know Illinois my whole life but I've always lived in the suburbs but I always said I lived in Chicago and living in Chicago is a completely different thing than living in the suburbs which everyone knows that's why people hate when they're like oh I'm from Chicago they're like well where where really are you from So like every day I'm getting like 15,000 steps. I love to walk. I bought the ugliest tennis shoes ever, but they're so comfortable, (laughs) but it's great. I really love it. So
0: tell me about what you were daydreaming about. Remember when we had, when we had spoken, I said, start daydreaming about yourself like a year from now or, uh, you know, in the future and what that feels like. But it seems like for you, This daydreaming exercise, like, it was like supersonically fast because I think we had that daydreaming talk in March Mm -hmm. or maybe was it February or March? I would have to look, but
1: it's June. It was either, yeah, I think it might've been in February, but It's very funny because you talked always about you know kind of like manifestation and like daydreaming and seeing things. So the first time I ever started looking at you know places to live, this was the first building I ever looked at. The place was completely out of the budget, was beautiful, everything I was looking for. And I mean, unfortunately, but also fortunately, with COVID, prices dropped, so it was the best time to buy in the city. me and Christine always talk about this a lot. Like, I knew I wanted to move, but I wanted to buy, and it was like, when was I going to do it? And I was kind of pushing it off because I didn't know, you know, the state of the world. And then I was like, you know what? It needs to happen now, and it it did. Everything happened exactly how I wanted it to, which never happens for me. Well, it I think <laughs> now it's happening. But it was, you know, it was like you said that, and I went back and like found a better real estate agent. Um, then I literally went into the building that I first ever wanted to live in. And then I got a place in here, which is like crazy to me. So, and it's even, it's even nicer than like the place I was looking at originally, but it's awesome.
0: You know, it's so so
1: interesting. Tell me. Sorry. No, no, you go.
0: It's so interesting when we want something so bad or we think what we want and then we get, it sounds to me like you got really clear about what you wanted Mm-hmm. Like in your head, like you, you know, like your, your family, friends telling you, this is a good deal, like people telling you you should buy at this other place. Right. You, you went ahead and you, you kind of went for it, but you weren't all in. Right? right. And then when you became clear and you were all in and you were able to get aligned with the right person, like the right, like, I believe when you get very clear about what you really want then all the right people come into your path to make that happen very easily.
1: I think so too, because I think that's kind of like how it worked out with my job. I'd taken a job that I didn't really like. And I mean, not that I didn't really like, I just didn't see myself in that, you know, there wasn't a career path for me there. And then I took this job and had an interview with my now manager. It was the best interview I ever had. It was kind of like talking to you. It was like, they understood what I was looking for and kind of was like, you need to do this, this, and this to get there. And I'm going to help you do it. And I was like, you know, sign me up. And now I'm, I love my job. I'm actually like feel like I'm care about a product and like understand it rather than my past jobs where I was just kind of like, well, I have to work, you know, I think honestly this whole year has been such a change because we've all been locked at home and we just, you know, have things have just, never been how they've been originally. So like the only way to, you know, make it through is to be positive. And I think that's what's changed in my life and why things are going better for me is I'm not wasting my energy on like the small things and focusing my energy on like the bigger picture in positive ways. That, that is, makes sense.
0: That, it totally not only makes sense, but it unlocks the key to your forever happiness. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that a lot of the things that, you know, being positive or these buzzwords or things that we see online and they keep us, um, you know, oh, you should be grateful for what you have, you know, all of this kind of stuff. Really, it's, it's really simple, right? Once you have accepted what is and you are grateful for what you have, it turns into a positive thing, no matter what it is, whether it's a good thing, whether it's a perceived a bad thing, whether it didn't go your way, it will automatically look better to you. You change Mm -hmm. the way that you saw things. So the things that you saw changed. Right. Okay. That's you're a living proof example of taking something because a lot of people hear this stuff. A lot of people hear it, but you took action, okay? Mm -hmm. So you got, maybe um, it came into your, the information came into your life at the right time when you were ready to receive it, right? But you made a lot of huge impactful change in a very short amount of time that's going to have a major long-term effect on you in a good way, Mm okay? Okay. You, but you got clear about what you wanted, and then instead of sulking and complaining about what was, it seemed to me like you accepted where you are, and then you could move forward. And then all of these things started to happen for you very easily and very simply.
1: Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. 100%. I honestly think it's like all, you know, what you've taught us is just like positive positivity in general because if you're just going to waste your time being negative like you're never actually going to see the better things in life i guess
0: yeah and you can't stay stuck in the story too long listen we all have ups, ebbs and flows and things that are hard that happen and um just this past week a real life example is i was um helping uh i was helping a ment. i mentor uh professional woman who's in her 50s who was going for a different job within her company she really 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 this was like the dream job everybody was telling her it was the dream job for her it's like the perfect job and i was not coaching her through on how to get the job but really about how to manage herself regardless of whether she got the job or not because The other thing we should focus on is whether the house happened or the job happened, if you were in a good state where you were, okay, no matter what, if those things happen or if they don't happen, you should still be in a state of like gratitude and positive. I call it gratitude. People call it positivity. I think they're interchangeable. I really do. I agree. I think, you know, I call it gratitude. That's just my word. But if that's the word I use, but I was talking with her this whole, you know, this whole time. And I said to her, you should hope for that or something better, because sometimes what we think is the best thing for us, there's something better that's coming our way that we're like blocking. Right. Mm -hmm. So it ended up that the position did not go to her. We reconnected like a day later. She took a day. I'm like, take a day, take a day. The very next day, she's like, I've accepted it. I'm like grateful for whatever. And then she said it and I'm moving on. And I thought to myself, oh my God, she is going to get the biggest sale of her entire career, like coming up soon in the position she's in. She would have probably missed it if she had taken that other job, which had a cap. Okay, I'm like, she's going to make more money this year in this role than if she took the other. That's that's exactly like what my gut instinct was. And I think like not I think, but I know every single time, like even in your experience, like you ended up with your dream house exactly in the first building, exactly in the aesthetic and the vibe that you wanted. And it all happened in the right time.
1: Mm -hmm. Huh?
0: That's so interesting. What else do you have? And, what, like, what else, like what else do you dream about? Like what's next? That's what I'm excited to see.
1: I don't know. Honestly, this whole, it's it's been weird because I guess it's, we literally moved in a week today. And I think that I've just been really living in the moment. Like waking, we wake up early. We'll go walk to the lake and like look at the lake. We'll go to like close coffee shops. Like it's just amazing to me that you can just walk out your door and you can turn a different street every day and it's a completely different world but I mean I don't know I have to start going back into the office so I get to meet my team officially which is exciting you know I'm going to Nashville coming up which I love that place I'm trying to think there's like honestly I haven't really been daydreaming because I've just been currently very happy
0: but I do have
1: to I know I do have to say though, there was something that someone mentioned to me at work, um, and it kind of stood out to me. Just in not in work, but I mean within work, but in life general. But they were like, you need to be fearless in your everyday. And I was like, I mean, yeah. And then I was thinking about it. I was like, they said they're like, what is the worst that's gonna happen that someone just might say no? Like, are you scared of the word no? Like, just. Be fearless, do what you need to do. If it doesn't happen your way, maybe something else will come of it, which is very similar to what we were just talking about. But it just came into my de- my head when I was thinking, like, you always need to be fearless. Like, what are you really scared of? Like, I, I'm gonna be honest, a year ago, I would have been scared to go on a walk by myself, not because I'm scared of anything, I'm just being alone, and now I'm fine with being alone. Very content with this.
0: There's such a privilege and being alone. And I think that it's like, you know, and I think for an extroverted person like yourself that has an introverted side, like that Mm -hmm. introverted side also needs to get fed and taken care of and rested. And I feel like most of the extroverted people that I know also have this like huge introverted side. And I think it's like really, I cherish the times that I have that I am, completely alone and yet I love being with people, but Mm -hmm. knowing the difference of what you need and when you need it, um, I want to go back to your be fearless every day thing because I think that that is, first of all, so beautifully said and that should be a mantra that you repeat to yourself all the time. Um, I know that I am very comfortable with failure because I'm an entrepreneur. I have to be very comfortable with failure because you fail a million times before you succeed. And right. I think what I see um, on social media, and I definitely see, especially in young professional women like you, and that you know kind of do everything right. You check all the boxes, like you go to these great schools, you go, you get these great jobs, you are, you know, you're doing all of the things that you should be doing, right? But you're under this like perfection bubble. It has to look a certain way. It maybe has to appear a certain way to other people. So you're a really um, there's not a lot of space to make mistakes. And I think it's interesting now in the age of social media. Like when you do make a mistake, like when I make when I make mistakes or when I made a mistake when I make a because I make a lot of mistakes. But when I would make mistakes at your age, maybe one or two people would know about. It. Like, maybe, right? Oh, I tell everyone. (laughs) But now it's like, but then it spreads like wildfire, right? Like, it's so interesting. Like, getting comfortable in being, and hearing no or being wrong or making a mistake is, like, the biggest gift you can give yourself.
1: I agree. I think that also, like, I don't know if maybe – it's just this generation, but I feel like everyone is just oversharing everything. Like, whether it's on social media, or it's just in life, you're on the street, someone just tells you way too much. And you're like, I don't know you, but thank you. But I think that's just kind of how like, we are like, I tell everyone everything. Like, I really do think like a lot of my friends are like, perfectionist type A, they are very great careers are very go getters. And i think that i am a go-getter but in a different sense i don't think i was you know the smartest in school i i had a job that i loved that i liked but i you know left and then i was supposed to get a new job and then i found out i didn't graduate college and i was like so they had to take the job away from me and i had to basically tell my family i never graduated college even though they came to the graduation but like stuff like that like I think goes back to what we were talking about earlier was like to be fearless. Like I was so scared to tell myself that I failed more than I was like, I, I think about it now. I knew I didn't graduate. Like there was a class I definitely did not pass, but I didn't look back on it because I didn't want to know. And it would never became an issue until it became an issue. And then that's where I had to deal with it. Like you said, I had to accept it gratitude thankful you know that I didn't I'm learning because you know that job I was supposed to take might have not been the one for me which I don't think it was because that's why I have this job today and so it's funny that you said like everyone shares things I think recently now that I you know got that off my chest and like told everyone now I can't like if I keep something in that's like a little like oh like Parker I ate I drank your last you know Sparkling water. Like I have to tell them, or I feel bad. Like I can't keep anything in anymore. You're
0: totally honest now. I I, right. I I feel the same way. I think for me, it you're it's so it's so liberating to hear that you had this experience in your 20s, because for me, it took getting cancer to feel that way. I mm-hmm. I had been holding on to secrets and things, and 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 in essence, my entire life was a facade. Up until that point, like I knew, I knew Shelby that my marriage was not, that it wasn't right. I knew that it was over. I knew for a very long time, but I worked really hard at keeping it all together. And people started to see me that way because that's the way I wanted to see myself. I thought like, if I can make it look nice enough and I can keep it all together, then maybe it will become true. That is the opposite of daydreaming. It's like I was in constant resistance, right? So when I got diagnosed with cancer in 2019, I was like, oh shit. Okay. So there was, there's no hiding there, right? right? So there's this like immediate honesty. And I felt like I couldn't, there was nothing I could hold, like I needed to hold back anymore. And I came clean about like stuff I had done in my 20s. Like I, I just was like, oh, talk about oversharing. And then I ended up publishing a book that was very intimate and very honest and very, I think, shocking to people that actually knew me.
1: They mm-hmm. would
0: call me and they would be like, I, oh my God. And I'm like, yep, well, that's the truth. And I feel like now I'm in that same like sparkly water. I drink your last sparkly water phase. Like now I like will call my mom. I tell her like too much. And she's like, okay, that's a lot. I'm like, okay, but I'm just telling.
1: (laughs) Well, that's, I think, I mean, I feel like kind of that's where I kind of learned it from is right when that mentoring thing began, you were like talking about how you, you know, didn't graduate from college and I, got that news before, and I had not told anyone at that time. So this has all been, like, since we've been talking and, like, you've been mentoring us, this has been the whole thing. So it's wow. kind of, like, your story kind of, you know, allowed me to be like, well, what, like, what, like why am I holding this in? It's, it's not a big deal to anyone but me. It does not affect anyone but me. You know? Right. That's, that's, that's exactly it, and I, I
0: was sick over it. I was sick of it because I thought about it all the time. I, you know, it was just something that really bothered me. And I, when I became really honest about that, right. And I became honest about everything in my life. You know, I, I hope that I inspired you by saying, you don't need to wait to have some tragedy happen to you. Like kind of do it now and live in this free space of, just who you are, like, it's enough, you're enough the way you are, and I always felt, I always felt that, like, narrative in my mind, because I knew that I wasn't being honest with myself, just, just like you were explaining, so wow, I inspired you to do that.
1: Yes, I'm not kidding, we had that conversation, and I was like, she's talking to me right now, <laughs> and then we got up and I like, Parker obviously knew. And then I had to tell, I told my mom and I was waiting last to tell my dad. And he kept making a joke like, cause my sister graduated college this year. And he's like, your sister's gonna graduate before you. So I was like, hmm, who cares, it's been the same year. <laughs> but yeah, I think that is. And I feel like that's this year so far, it's just been great in general because when you're just so open with yourself and the people around you and you are supported by other positive people, Things in life, just the little things don't seem as big as they used to, like stubbing your toe. Like that to me would like ruin half my day, which is ridiculous to even think about. And now I have a bed that I walk into like four times a day that i have like a huge bruise on I'm like, Oh, it's so cute. I love it.
0: So you had a, you had a sh- complete shift. It's like when you took this kind of dead weight that you were carrying on your back, this burden, right? and you released it, okay, then you could allow all the goodness to come your way. Mm -hmm. Like you were blocking it, there was something
1: there. It was like I was blocking the positive energy with my mindset being so negative. Like when I was younger, I was always like super angry, like super angsty, which could have been like my teen years, but I was just shut off really easily and now like, conversations or things that happen just don't affect me the same way anymore like and I think it I also picked up you know like there's little triggers that would make me upset and like that could be you know so many things that for whatever reasons but it's like now I'm like before I react because that's the problem is I react hard I come off very strong I say something I shouldn't say and then I regret it later but when you just think about it like I like say to myself, like, this is really not a big deal. Just walk away and I'll walk away. And then I don't even think about it again. Like in other situations, I would sit on it all day and just nonstop think about it. And it would just ruin, you know, my day, my week and everything like that. and be so negative. And everyone around me didn't want to be around me because I was just so (laughs) mean. And like, that's not fun. Like I'm in my, and now I'm in my twenties, like what, I'm 25 and like living in the city and i'm happy i'm making new friends I, you know i can walk wherever i want i can do whatever i want so like there's nothing really to like look and be like to be mad about or sad about the biggest anxiety i have recently is just work and that's just me being like wanting to be the best version of myself which okay. will come
0: let's well let's let's dive into that a little bit that's a really interesting point because i you know there's that there's the habits that you that you have that you that you that subside that come up they keep coming up in different ways at least in my life like i noticed mm-hmm. like my patterns like like i i i will be like less stressed about everything else but then i'll like move my it's almost like the bucket moves the stress bucket moves right and yeah. i'll fixate on one thing like right now you know, what, whatever it is, like whether it was like the college application process with my daughter last year, that was like the hot topic. And then when that kind of all worked out, it's like, okay, I take those same things, which are interesting. I think part of them are what make you very driven as well. Like I, you know, I'm a very driven person. You're a driven person. Like you want to do really well, like in your job you want. so. I had a complete mind shift around work and I would always, and I still feel like I'm a person that works really hard, but at the same time, I strive to just be excellent. I don't strive to be perfect. I don't strive to be better than anybody else. I don't look at what anybody else is doing. I think that that, unless that's somebody that is a mentor to me, I don't look at somebody as a, in a competitive sense ever. And I think every time that I would fall into those traps or I would compare myself or, or get stuck there, that's when the anxiety around my work would come up. That's mm-hmm. where all of the stress would like overtake. And I would remind myself, like I have a very tangible, actual business, real life example of how I learned how to do this, I, I had to learn how to do it when I was in my thirties and I owned um, uh, a restaurant. I it was a it's a it was a pizza place restaurant. It was very very big, almost like a McDonald's, like very very huge, like 130 seats or something like that. Right next door, there was a pizza place, so there were two pizza places. Mine. And another one right next door to each other. And then there was like, you know, the full, it was college campus. It was like the falafel place, like the burger place, the taco place, like all of it. Right. But the two places happened to be right next to each other. And they were mine. One was mine. And the other was not, they weren't both mine was a neighbor's. And I, you know people would always come in and they'd say, well, you have a pizza place right next door. Like, what is he doing? Like whatever. And I, I really wasn't, I would walk by there every morning because I would park my car down the street and I would just wave and say, good morning. And I would go in and I realized then that I'm a very driven person, but I'm not a competitive person. And I thought, well, there are two different types of pizza. Some people like the deep dish pan pizza that we have and some people like um, the Italian thin spread pizza. They were two different pizzas. So I was like, okay, no big deal. So this went on for a few years, and the business was very, very successful. And we had an unprecedented thing happen in the city of Boston that affected my business or all the businesses on that street. A big transformer blew out, and all the power went out for four days in that part of the city. Uh, Unbelievable, okay? Had never happened before all the businesses had to shut down as a small business. I'm like, holy shit. I go in and because I was such a big pizza place and I had these big mega walk-in freezers and walk-in refrigerators, I called my purveyor that I had a very good relationship with. As I'm sure you can imagine, I'm all all about the relationships, right? So even like the Coca-Cola, everybody, I had like everybody on speed dial and I was like, okay, we're like, we're totally screwed. Can you please, so we don't have to throw away the unused product, come and store it at your facility? Because we had like thousands and thousands of dollars of cheese and, and frozen, you know, meats. And like, we were like, it was unbelievable. And they obliged, they were so nice. And as I walked out and the truck pulled up to come and take my things and save thousands of dollars of my inventory. I looked over at the other pizza place that was very very small, and this young, this older man owned it. And I walked over. I had never set foot in the pizza pizza place before because, like, we both sold pizza. And I said, yeah. "Can I help you? Can I take?" I... He didn't have those kind of inventory. I said, right. "They're taking my stuff." Would you like to store your things with mine? It just seemed like a natural thing to do. And from that moment on, I he just looked at me different. And I was like, I don't want you to not do well. I want you to do well too. There's plenty of stars in the sky. That's always been my, my mantra. So maybe I made a little less money because I wasn't as cutthroat, but when we ended up selling and he ended up selling, like it was just a better overall human experience. And right. so I, I would equate that as being excellent in my job, right? So taking that lesson because and, and just being excellent in your job really means just doing the right thing when nobody's watching. That will relieve all of the stress and anxiety you have around work. If you know Shelby in your heart, when you put your head on your pillow at night, that you have really done to the best of your ability, n- your best, and in and, and in consideration of like not only you but like what you would do if you own the company, like if you operate from that mode, you will never have stress
1: and anxiety in your job. Well, I'm. Mean, I'm not gonna try it out and then I'm gonna get back to you. Yeah. This, there's also a quote that I follow this influencer on Instagram and TikTok, her name's Tinks. And she always says this quote, It's comparison is the thief of joy, which I think is such an amazing quote because it is so true. As much as you compare yourself to others, you know, it your mindset changes. So that to exactly your point, I feel like that quote fits perfectly.
0: Yep. It, it it is gonna really? change it's gonna change your life because you have to run your own race okay mm-hmm. and 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 people would always say to me well isn't somebody else doing that and I'm like okay can you look when you go to a soda machine how many options there are okay like there's not one soda there's not like one car there's not one hamburger there's not one airplane like there are multiple, iterations of of things and the things that you enjoy and you like using are the ones that speak to you and you uh, resonate with and you find that those companies are probably excellent right and that's why you choose them so be excellent like no matter what you're doing and never see I always go out of my way and I still go out of my way to make somebody else's day better and when i'm feeling mm-hmm. down and out like literally and i have those moments often i'm in the midst of a divorce it is there are some really hard dark moments and yet i realize that if i can help somebody else that that's like my that's my kryptonite and i also am helping myself so like mm-hmm. looking beyond yourself in work like i always behave at work how i behave in life like there was really no difference i always say like i don't know like i can't remember like if there was i got overpaid for something or somebody made a mistake and i got something for free that i shouldn't have gotten there is that moment of oh my god like i'm getting this for free but i always return it (laughs) i do i always return it I I always go back. I always think to myself, "Well, if I own that company, would I want somebody to bring it back to me?" And I'm always cognizant of this. And in the restaurant business, it's such an interesting analogy. Like when you go to a restaurant, um, and I was a waitress at my parents' place for you know, and for years, and I was the world's worst waitress. I like made a lot of friends, but I was like shitty at the job. But anyway, you would you, there are certain things that you could give away as a server. You could give away like desserts because you didn't have to put them in the computer. You could give away like free sodas. You could give things away. Right. And I would notice that people would do that. And I remember thinking to myself, well, it's not theirs to give away. It's the owner's. Right? So when Mm -hmm. I owned the restaurant, I used to empower my staff with almost like a budget of what they could give away because I didn't want them to steal it to, to, because in essence it's stealing right to yeah. to try to get and I would say if there's a customer that you see that you really have, just tell me about it so I get very uncomfortable nowadays even in restaurants where people are like oh that's on me unless it's from the owner I'm like it doesn't that doesn't make sense. You're giving away something to like, kind of build up your own tip or whatever it is. And I, so I always say to people like it, if I'm going to steal, it's going to be for gazillions of dollars. It's not going to be for, (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm not going to steal that. Even those little, those little five, $10 things here and there, when you're working at somebody else's business, whether it's a company or it's a small restaurant or whatever, be mindful of that. Because if you, if you treat it like it's your own, eventually it will be. You know, um, I remember before I sold my business, I went to my manager of many years and I offered it to him first because he loved the business so much. And I said, even if you can't afford it, I we could finance it for you. We could we could help you get this business because he was so passionate about it and he had taken such good care of it. It didn't fit into his life. He had you know married somebody that lived an hour away, so it, it all came mm-hmm. to a culmination at the end. But I believe that when you treat your work and yourself with that kind of respect, even on the little things, it comes back to you in a million positive ways that you don't even have to like look out for. Mm -hmm. Like the good will just start happening. You know, you'll get recognized for your work. You're you'll get promoted. You'll make more money. You'll and it doesn't happen like right away, but it could. But if you keep on the course, it's really a way, a lifestyle more than Anything else. So if you live your life this way, it spills over into your job, it spills over into your relationships. Like kindness is so underrated. And I think it's so interesting. What do you think of this? Like people are so kind to each other over text and Instagram. Like you'll see comments, right? And it's like, oh my God, I love you so much. Oh my god, you look so amazing. Oh my god, like you're the best, like whatever. And yet in real life,
1: it's very different a hundred percent because i i noticed that even moving here is like you know i'll say hi to people that i don't know walking down the street and you just get looks at like like i'm just saying hello (laughs) i have a hat that i wear that says have a nice day upside down right next to me because i was wearing it earlier and people look at me like i'm being rude i'm like it's literally it's it's made for you to look at it for you to smile because you're confused as to what it looks like like that's the whole point and it's so weird that people are just like like you don't know me I don't know you but you can at least give me a smile so bizarre right it's it is very weird to me I don't know like if it's just been like all these positive changes and like my outlook being so different but like when I just see people being mean or rude or just saying this unexcusably like nasty things I'm like what is anyone getting out of that situation absolutely nothing you're hurting someone's feelings you're making yourself look bad and now Everyone's uncomfortable. <laughs> like,
0: stop. What would you say think, to yourself? What would you say to a younger version of yourself that always shot from the hip and was and and was like angry and, rea- and reactive? Where do you think that came from?
1: I think honestly, it was comparison. I think I've struggled with you know body confidence my whole life. I have not. I was never like smartest in my class. You know, it was always. I don't know if jealous is the right word, but my, like my friend group was like, you know, they were all very pretty, all very skinny. And I felt like kind of like the odd one out. And I think that's why, because I was always comparing myself to other people. And like now in my life, like I'm, I mean, I'm me, like what, there's nothing really changing I can do. I know for years I wanted to get my lips done and get all this like cosmetic surgery. And I kind of just like, haven't even thought about it recently because I'm like, that stuff isn't going to change who I am nothing will change who i am other than me and like i know that i have you know i have really great friends i have a great boyfriend i have great family you know that that's all that really matters to me like the other stuff just doesn't matter anymore so i think if i were to tell myself i'd be like stop sweating the small stuff you are you there's nothing you can do to change it and go have a nice life because you will have one i think
0: that's so beautifully said and it's so interesting to see you say that because i I see you and I see, I mean, it's the first thing I said when I opened Zoom. I'm like, oh my God, you look so beautiful. Like, I just see you radiate. you I, I think you're so pretty, okay? And you're so smart. And its it's an incredible what other people see and how the inner critic of yourself and your self-talk. Like, it's very interesting. I wanted a nose job my entire life my entire life. I remember being 16, 17 years old, looking in the mirror, staring, staring at the angle, like every angle, like, oh my God, like, okay. And obviously I never, not obvious, it's not obvious, but
1: I never got one. Your nose looks great. I don't know if you got one or not. You're
0: very sweet, but I, thank you. And I never got one. I ended up, you know, carrying on with my life and getting, you know, married and having my children and blah, blah, blah. And one of the silver linings of um, the breast cancer that I had is you get to be a patient of one of the most incredible plastic surgeons in the world. Okay. It's like a perk. I call it a perk and I feel like that's the funnest appointment that you go to. And I mean, it just, it's so miraculous to me that doctors like, and all doctors are, but doctors like that, that, you know, they really give you your, your body, like they, they help you feel better in your body after such a big trauma. And mm-hmm. that is just so amazing to me. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm like the most amazing humans. But, but anyway, so of course, I'm very friendly with my plastic surgeon. I really, really like him and so the first thing after i had healed and like i'm all good and you know with my new boobs and stuff i go into his office and i'm like okay well it's dangerous to love your plastic. i've always wanted a nose job like i I want a nose job (laughs) and he looked at me and he's like no okay and i'm like no he's like you've you've always wanted, I see, we always wanted one. He's like, no, you have a, you know, perfectly symmetrical nose. Like you don't need a nose job. Like I'll do it if you want, but you don't need one. I'm not doing it. So I went home and I was telling my daughters this over dinner and they both looked at me and they were like, mom, you don't need a nose job. And I'm thinking to myself, I just want to see what these people see. Okay. And, And I think that that's so interesting. Like, I, from then, started to see myself as, I mean, I always was just very grateful for what I had, but I was like, oh, can I tweak this? Can I tweak that? But I then, you know, it took me, what, 47, 48 years, but now I'm like, I love my nose.
1: <laughs> well, that's the best part of it. I'm aren't? like, I have a
0: fabulous plastic surgeon that that, that says I have a perfect nose. <laughs> my nose. Right, exactly.
1: <laughs> you can't pay for this.
0: <laughs> I'm like I'm like here I am. No. And I you know and I'm like all for it. People should do whatever makes them feel good about themselves and and be happy, but like I think it's very important and I think what happened to you is you grew into yourself. Like you were always there, but you weren't ready to be grown into yourself. And it took this kind of like transitional aha time where you changed your lens. And so now 100%. you can really see yourself.
1: I could not agree more. I like really, it's funny cause it's like, I'll think back of like things in high school where I was like, would wear, like I would do my makeup for school that day and I remember not liking it. And I would feel so uncomfortable the whole day with how I looked and I'd let that ruin my day. And I think about that now and I'm like, why would I literally let that ruin my whole day? Like, that's just so weird to me. And now I'm like, I just like, I don't know how I would even get back into that mindset. And I don't ever want to, but I just, it's kind of crazy. It's It's kind of crazy. crazy
0: It's not crazy. It's just, we wait for things to be a certain way to feel happy. And if you feel happy, then it doesn't matter the way things are. So it's like, it's like the egg or the, it's like the chicken or the egg, like, When you, when you, when you're in that mindset, you're like, well, when this happens, like if my hair looks great, if my makeup is perfect, if I have the perfect outfit, if, 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 if that happens, then I will. You got to change all the words. So if there should never be an if, what if there was a I am, I am, and you just led with, well, I am happy regardless. I choose to be happy regardless, okay? And then the ifs don't matter at all. Like, because there is no destination. There is no, I have had times where I have had the absolute perfect outfit, perfect time, perfect venue, perfect, hit there, and I had a shitty time okay and then there have been times where i'm like oh my god like i didn't even you know you meet somebody i have a great example of this like my daughter and i were in germany a few years ago and we were exploring the city one day like we were just walking around munich and it was one of those like beautiful um early summer afternoons and we were sitting down in like kind of an outdoor cafe where you could see uh, all of the locals had gathered, and you could kind of watch the whole city walk by. And, and we weren't dressed up, and we had this, like, really fabulous dinner at a, like, Michelin restaurant booked um, the day before, and we had been, like, all dressed up, and we had, like, the perfect dinner, and it was fine. But that afternoon, we really had no plans, and we decided that we were going to sit down and, like, have a coffee, and, you know, she was doing like a uh, word search thing and I was like, you know, journaling. And we were just gonna sit there for a little while and then kind of like make our plan and see where the day takes us. And I'm not that person. I am like, I've got my reservations. I've got like my, I love eating out and I've got this. And that day it was just kind of like we had, it was such a pretty moment that we watched and we kept watching the city go by. And that coffee ended up turning into a dinner and we just stayed there and we ended up having like one of the greatest nights ever in our jeans and like flip-flops and our t-shirts and whatever we happened to be wearing that day with, because we were so happy in the moment and and we weren't looking for all of these things to be happy. We were just happy. And then all of the things happened. happened. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. A hundred percent. Right. I love that.
0: Right. So like it's, I always thought about, I I, I always tell them, and and especially during the college process and all this stuff, like don't be happy if, just be happy. And then the right, the right ifs will happen. You know, it's hard. It's a hard lesson to practice when you are uh, older or, or, you Mm -hmm. know, you get more, but like you are so young and moldable. And if you make an unchangeable decision that you are going to be happy no matter what the circumstances are, then your circumstances will be far greater than you could have ever imagined. And I know that to be true.
1: I, I think that was beautifully said and also extremely true. I think that's something that everyone needs to understand, like that needs to be talked about more. You should start say, putting all your sayings on pillows and selling them. It's all about I the think all about the merch like putting my my
0: my Joeisms on the merch yes i was thinking t-shirts
1: but pillows because then they're everywhere and everyone always sees them and they're like you know that's a great motto i need that pillow and i'm going to use it i think pillows are going to be the next big thing okay well
0: tell me about pillows because i i sleep with like a hundred pillows i am a pillow
1: i'm the same way
0: i sleep with so many pillows i've got like Anyway, but tell me about these. Tell me about this merch idea. This is brilliant, but tell me.
1: Well, I don't know how, like, you know, I just seen pillows being such like a big thing in interior design. And are you familiar with Jonathan Adler? Yes, of course. I
0: love his st- I We used to have a store here in Boston. And we don't have one anymore.
1: Oh, really? so I bought two of his pillows for my living room because I was, I've always wanted them. And I think they're so fun and unique and different. And, like, you know, there a lot of his pillows have, like, some of them have sayings on them and everything like that, but I always thought, like, what if, like, pillows had, like, real life, just funny sayings on them, and then, you know, you had them around your house, they look like art, they're really beautifully done, but then they're also, like, meaningful, and then I think it's just, like, a win-win. I, I don't know why I've been thinking about this. I said this sentence to some of my friends, and they're like, you're so weird, because I've created a bunch of tiny little businesses as side hustles since I was younger, and I'm like, you know, that could be my next one. So it's like, I don't really know anyone in the pillow industry. I, I love that, and um, you
0: know that guy, um, you've heard the story I'm of my pillow. you know, MyPillow.com? Yeah. I mean, the guy's like a gazillionaire, because he just know. made a pillow. So, don't underestimate the power of pillows.
1: Right? That could be the company, power of the pillow. The power With of the pillow. These beautiful things. I love that.
0: Yep. So, People will see there's a business idea being born here. I always, I love the creativity and I love that idea. And I think that that's so interesting. Like when you're in, I have so many, now I'm thinking about where I have pillows in my house. And I have, I do, I have pillows in my living room. I have pillows made for my, yeah. And um, I do, I have spent a lot of money on pillows as a matter of fact.